Evening, ladies and gents. Welcome back to Lee Judges TV. I'm your host, Dan Potts. I'm with Lee Judges and Mark Partridge, and they are both eating. Apologies, people. We're going to have a lot of chomping today. Sorry. Lee Judges is eating celebrations. Mark Partridge is eating cheese and crackers. We are so professional on this channel. Uh, hello to everyone in the chat room. Uh, thanks for joining us. Hello to everybody listening on audio. Arsenal have won. Yet again, the run continues. The momentum is with us. But as you can tell from this Boys Are Back episode, is it an international break or a loss of momentum? Mark, let's come straight to you because myself and Lee had a bit of a chat yesterday and it's always good to come to yourself first, mate. Um, what did you make of yesterday? Another 1-0 win to the Arsenal. We can get used to this against the Watford side. That, let's be honest, Mark, um, tried to kick us and beat us up and were quite dirty and filthy from Claudio Ranieri, something I did not expect. They're trying to break up play, in my opinion, every few minutes just by hacking us. But we got the job done. Probably should have been more than 1-0. But what were your thoughts of the game, sir? Well, lots and lots of thoughts. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for having me again. Um, yeah, well, um, firstly, isn't it refreshing to have not lost the game like that? You know, that's typically the games that we would have lost in the past, isn't it? Um, but some serious intelligence in game management, um, some serious uh, battling uh, qualities. Um, playing to the, the whistle, um, giving as good as you get, all of the things we've not come to expect from an Arsenal team. So, um, yeah, you know, 100 games for Mikel. Uh, I hear today that he's got a better win ratio percentage than the first 100 games when Wenger took over. So, that, you know, whether that means anything or not, it's, it's a fact. Um, he's now got 18 months to win the double, which is what Arsene Wenger followed up his <laughs> first 100 games with. So, stats are lovely. Trophies mean more. Um, we're on the right track, aren't we? It's looking that way, mate. We certainly improved. Lee, I'll bring you in on the point of yesterday. It was a great, great three points, but also the, the run that everyone's on about keeps going. And... We're starting to see a little bit more of a physical Arsenal side that aren't getting beaten up that we have seen over the last few years. What did you make of uh, yesterday's game, mate? Yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting game from, from that point of view. There was lots of things there, lots of questions that they posed and we answered them. One of them being that they were very, very physical. Um, but we stood up to that. Um, we also, um, if you if you look at it, I thought they was a more experienced team, particularly in midfield with our young two guys in there, handled it. You know, uh, defensively, when it was put on us, we handled it. So all those sort of things that we done today, or yesterday, should I say, it was a big, big test. And the ultimate one was that we didn't play. So I didn't think we didn't play bad. I thought we played quite well yesterday. But the one thing that we didn't do was take our chances. At the final third, I thought we was poor, if I'll be honest. So what do you need then? You need to be defensively strong and give away no chances. We give away one chance when Ramsdale made a mistake. Other than that, they didn't create nothing, really. Um, it weren't like um, shots were raining on us. I don't think Ramsdale had, had a shot to save, if I'll be honest. A um, few crosses here and there. Um, 
when they hit us on the break, we had players be able to recover quickly and get behind the ball. I.e. Tavares, I thought, was absolutely outstanding again at left-back. I'm really, really impressed with him. You know, he's powerful running and everything like that. But ultimately, what I'm seeing is partnerships now happening. Name me a better central defensive partnership than Gabriel and um, and Ben White. I wait. I, I, I don't think there is. I think that, you know, probably better central defenders, maybe like Van Dyke, but he hasn't really got a steady partner. Chelsea playing a three. I don't really see that, um, that anyone better than them two at the moment. And I think that somebody said it yesterday, 23 and 24. I think that they are in, in age, uh, no age for central defenders and everything like that. <clears throat> I don't think Tommy Asu is the greatest player going forward then. Um, but defensively, he is sound as a pound. Three or four times yeah. when they can, three or four times when they can hit us on the break with that diagonal ball across. So, like, if it goes over the fullback, the, the the wide player then's got a chance to run on. It used to happen with Bellerin. Not saying it was um, Bellerin's fault. It's just that he wasn't wasn't big enough. But every time that ball diagonal ball went over there, he had to win those headers, and he did. He won every header duel um, in there, Tommy Asu, and he's a I'm going to say this now, a, a bloody decent defender. And so all of a sudden now we've got defenders that want to defend. And do you know what? Love and behold, they can defend. And um, I don't know if you, you know, I just, as it happens, I just had the highlights on just before I come on here. Like, you know, I was just watching it. Ben White made so many unbelievable interceptions yesterday and, and blocked tackles, you know, when, when, when it was needed. The one I think in the first half was when I think uh, Lekonga made the mistake and he gets a shot off. Ben, ben White's there to, to to get a block off. So Ramsdale don't make the save. All these little things are, 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 are happening and, and we're going well in that. I do think, though, and I'll still say this now, we've got to be looking to um, be more, what's the word, like decisive, more ruthless in our chances and then finishing. I thought that was woeful yesterday. Like, you know, I, mean, I have to say, we've got to improve on that. But, I think we will eventually. I think that we may have to sign somebody else. But, you know, I look at it today and Aubameyang didn't have one of his greatest games. <laughs> he had an absolute mirror, if let's be honest mm. about it. Like, you know, cost us another goal when um, when Udegaard come on. But he's working hard. You know, you there was a time, Dan, we we, we were sitting there criticising everything about his game. You know what I mean? Like, But his work rate was really good yesterday. You can't fault that. And, and all in all, do you know what? Sometimes you have to get those scrappy, horrible one one nil wins, and I thought it was an entertaining game, and and we got there, we got we got the job done, and I I, I don't know about you guys again, but I, I felt comfortable in our defending. Yeah, and it's something I want to touch on. Um, I'll stick with you, Lee, on this one, and I'll come to Mark about the midfield because I think that's a, to be talked about as well. But something me and you discussed, Lee, when we were uh, when we were outside after the game was who the man of the match was. And I went for Tommy Asu, you went for Ben White, and you kind of won me round, really, because I thought he was exceptional. But I think what it goes to show is, Maitland Niles actually did get man of the match, but it's quite nice, isn't it, Lee, when you've got a few players that are up for getting man of the match, and mm. there's, a, there's a few contenders for it. Obviously, Aubameyang, I thought, was quite poor. But that's the best game I've seen Saka play for a while. I thought he was dangerous on the ball. Smith Rowe just keeps doing what he's doing in the midfield. We're exceptional. But let's just stick to this defence for one minute because you, you said something which is really, really key there. He didn't feel like they were going to score. 
and they have kept now quite a few clean sheets, and it's all the new signings. You've got Tavares, you've got Ben White, you've got Tommy Asu, you've got Ramsdale, and Gabriel, you know, you said about partnerships. I actually think Gabriel's been our best player this season, but actually he's probably the best defender in the league right now, Gabriel. He's absolutely immense, absolute mm. colossus of a defender. So... Talk to me about why you feel that is, Lee. Why do you think that has happened so quickly with new players that just seem to have gel at the back there? Well, I just think that, um, first and foremost, they're, they're good defenders. What I like about uh, Gabriel, uh, Ben White, Tavares and Tommy Asset, they've all got pace. They're all quick. They're, they're, their recovery runs are very, very good. So straight away, that means you can go up, up top, uh, you know, push on a little bit higher because they've got the recovery to get in uh, and defend. They've also got power. You know, Gabriel is a powerful defender, something that we've not had for a long while. I think, I don't think we've had a central defender as good as him for a very, very long while. And what they've done is that they've worked hard. And I, I think that um, when you're comfortable and you know you're a good defender and you are not going to panic and things like that, it breeds all around. I, how many times in, in games when we was under the pump last in, in the last few years, the ball gets kicked up from the, you know, and it goes 20 foot up in the air instead of 20 foot into the stands and things like that. Mm. There's not, there's the, the panic stations, you know, it was like Keystone cops at the back there at some stages and all that, you know, professional footballers couldn't clear their lines. These guys clear their lines. They, they defend and, and they're comfortable in defending. And also I don't care what anybody says. And if you're a forward, you know, you get all the glory of the goals and all that. But if you make a, a last dish, dish, last ditch tackle, and when you do that, you've got a goalkeeper coming up there and fist pumping you, and you've got the, 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 the next defender out giving you large, you know what I mean? It, it encourages you to defend properly in the next time. You know, so many times last, I've seen it, not enough pride in our defending from our players. Not enough passion when we, you know, when we concede a goal and acceptance to concede a goal. These guys are not going to add that. You know what I mean? You can see that, that you know, clean sheets mean as much as them to um, to uh, to the guys scoring goals. And do you know what? That's how it should be. And that's how it used to be at the Arsenal. And they're getting back to that sort of way. So I think from that point of view, the team has got a bit of character about it. A little bit of, um, I like it as well. Sometimes when when we get fouled, they're all over the referee, aren't they? Like, you know what I mean? Moaning at the referee, like, you know, chirping in his ear and all that. So I've seen horrendous tackles go by us. And we've been like, you know, shaking the player's hand or patting him on the back and just saying, oh, like, um, you know, don't do it again, mate. You know, I mean, I ain't having none of that no more. And oh, I love that. Oh, I love that little bit of nastiness to your game. And I don't care what anybody says. That goal... You know, he didn't go down. Yes, I love that when they didn't pass it back. Then they stuffed it in the back of the net with two of their players on the floor. They give it to them, like, and I love that. About time. Because do you know what? It happened to us. It happened to us at Tottenham. No one moans then, do they? No one groans when Granite Shacker's out for two months and they carry on playing and score a goal. You know, what? nothing wrong with their two players. They're back playing within 10 seconds. So don't ever, like, I don't want to hear nothing about that goal. Perfectly good goal. Don't knock the ball off. You know what I mean? He, he hadn't banged his head or anything like that. You know what I mean? That was where that to me was old um Rosie in trouble in the corner of his goal. Like, you know, what's what's the I'll tell you what I'll do here. I'll knock it out and we get an easy throw and can go from there, like, you know what I mean? Because he was pinned in. So they tried the easy option, like 
good little bit of professionalism from him, but we didn't fall for it. And I love that about us. There's a little bit, you know, we're not as naive as we used to be. And I think Mikel mentioned that, like, and do you know what? For me, I love it because we're not getting bullied. We're not getting, like, um, uh, pushed around no more, like. We're not having no more of it, Dan. Mm. No, it's great to see. No, you're right. And it's great to see, mate, because Jamie Redknapp said yesterday, didn't he, this is not a nice Arsenal side anymore. And that is a compliment um, to me because we have been for the last 10, 15 years. We've been this pretty football inside that gets beaten up and pushed around and that are easy to beat if you want to come and play the way Stoke did on a Tuesday wet night. So... I don't think that's that Arsenal anymore. Mark, I'll come to you on the points that have just been raised in terms of our solidarity at the back, the mentality and the intensity that we're showing in this team. But also, when I saw the team sheet yesterday, Mark, I looked at Thomas Party's name on there and I think everybody was a little bit deflated. But I thought Maitland-Niles was outstanding in the middle there with athleticism and Lekonga with the forward pass. Complimenting each other yesterday, mate, in the midfield. You have to have a solid midfield and obviously you have to have a back five that knows how to defend. And yesterday we seemed to have that. And although Watford weren't really pressing on us and giving us much to worry about, I thought our midfield and our defence complimented each other yesterday and all played excellent, mate. Yeah, it was a bit of a shock to not see Party on there. Yesterday I thought his worries were behind him. Maybe it was a precautionary thing. Maybe it was a don't want him to go away. Um... Yeah, so we, we worry, don't we, about about that. But as you quite rightly say, I mean, I'm, I just can't wait for Xhaka to come back. We miss him terribly. Um, doesn't seem to be the case, does it? Um, <laughs> listen, uh, Sambi and Tavares and Tomiyasu have got some... Gabriel, we've got some real physical presence now, haven't we? Um, you know, Gabriel... Had a really good header from a set piece again yesterday. Well saved by Ben Foster. It's worth mentioning. 500 games for him. 37 years old. You know what a great player he's been in the Premier League. Good goalkeeper, and he played really well yesterday. You know, good save from the pen. Uh, Uber probably shouldn't be taking our penalties anymore for me. You know, he's missed two in a row. He was lucky with a rebound in the first one, but that's another debate. But. Yeah, Lacazette for you. Um, if he's on the pitch, I think that I'll probably go down another route. To be perfectly honest with you, I'd probably start looking to the future uh, and try, you know, maybe Odegaard or um, you know somebody else who's, you know, maybe a Ben White or, or someone like that who's good at set pieces. Maybe Saka, he's a good dead ball specialist. He's, he seems to be stepping up. Um, you know, just because he missed that one for England in the, when it mattered, you know, he obviously got something about him in training in the way that England were preparing for penalties in that tournament. Saka must have something about him. You know, Gareth Southgate didn't pick him because he, cause he thinks he's funny to have around a club or around the, around the setup. You know, he, he picked him because he thought he was one of the best five penalty takers in the country, uh, certainly in that squad. So maybe Saka for me um, going forward. But um, anyway, that's another debate. But yes, it missed to have not have party. But Sambi uh, uh, looks to be turning into a hell of a signing. 
Uh, seven million pounds. I mean, say what you like. Seventy million pounds, still a hell of a signing. You know, to have got him for seven million is, is un, unreal. You know, just like Lee's saying, you know, and like you're saying, Jamie Redknapp. I mean, I don't really care too much about what Jamie Redknapp says. He, do, he, <laughs> don't, he don't know too much about the dark arts of football. Let's have it right. He was in the in the physio room more often than not. But you know, f- you know, physicality is a big big part of, of modern day sports and uh, top level football uh, and we are not a nice team to play anymore and, and Watford tried their damnedest and as I said at the beginning we would have lost that game, we would have been bullied out of that game for the last 10 years in a row and, and, and they didn't get no change out of us yesterday, they didn't, didn't lay a glove on us so I'm happy with that, I'm happy with how strong we look um, you know, as you said with Lee about man of the match, you know, quite rightly, you know, we could have gone through the squad and made a case for any one of them. Would have been Ben White maybe for me, um, with his intelligence, the way he played the game, read the game, managed the game. I, I, I think he's growing and it helps, as you quite rightly say, he's playing against Gabriel, who's arguably the most consistent um, centre-half in the, in the country at the minute. I would like, I would like to just say Ramsdale... We're very quick to sort of blow hot air and over over hype players. He's a little little disappointing for me. Uh, yesterday, Ramsdale, he, he was okay. He was okay. His distribution wasn't great. There's a few times when he tried to kick out of his hands and he caught the top of the caught the top of the ball and it and it went skywards and he was cursing his own luck and it went to no man's land. And I, I wouldn't mind betting his his distribution stats were poor yesterday. Um, Made a few mistakes, gave the ball away, gave them some good chances on another day. I'd like to say that if they had anything about them going forward, we would have got punished. Um, you know, 85 minutes, you know, it was a huge mistake. You know, they should have scored, Josh King should have scored. Mm-hmm. Um, they should have scored. Um, so that was lucky. Um, but then, he, you know, in the 84th minute, he makes that fantastic chlorine save. Um, so <laughs> you can't you can't you can't slate him too much. He's been fantastic and he's bedding himself in. But he, he was he was bang average yesterday, Ramsdale. So I think that's just worth mentioning. You know he's he's got to keep his his, his consistency levels. You know and that, that's the key to this whole team. You know it's okay. We've played well. We've done well. We are doing well. But it is only November. Yeah, you're right, mate. And I'll just stick with you one second, Mark, about Smith Rowe and Saka because I do think that we have to praise Bukayo Saka when he plays well because he hasn't done it, if I'm honest, this season. He hasn't been one of our better players. I thought he was really dangerous yesterday. I spoke to a mm. couple of lads and they were a little bit like, oh, I didn't think he was that great, Saka. I thought he was average. You know, I didn't what? really see what, that he was that great. I thought he was good. I thought Smith Rowe were looking he, good. He roasted uh, Danny Rose yesterday. If ever there was a clearer indication of a man who's over the hill, that was yesterday. You know, the, the changing of the guard. Of, you know, you, you listen to TalkSport uh, team, you know, uh, pundits, ex-pundits. You know, when was that moment when you knew <laughs> it was time to, to give it up? I think Danny Rose realised that yesterday. Um his his time at the top level is over, and I think Tottenham obviously see that coming. Watford took a chance on getting some leadership in their squad, which they needed, but he was absolutely roasted yesterday. I mean, how many times? Six, seven, eight times. Saka just opened it up, knocked it past him, and opened his legs. He was gone. You know, you, you're quite right. The future is very, very bright. And, and 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 yes, what you will say, you know, yes, Saka's been underwhelming or okay this season but 
you know, there are still other internationals, and I touched on it some weeks ago. There are some England internationals that are still suffering the hangover mm. of the huge disappointment. You look at Luke Shaw, Harry Maguire. Um, you know, there's there's many many other Mings. players. <laughs> Tyro well, Mings didn't Tyro really play Mings, much, but he's been Tyro dreadful, Mings got hasn't he? dropped last week <laughs> for Aston Villa. You know, and I'm not being funny. They ain't got a plethora of centre half to choose from. If he's getting no. left out of that team, how the, how on earth he's got in the England squad over Ben White, I'll never know. But Gareth Southgate apparently doesn't have favourites, but um, we shall see. Um, yeah, there are lots and lots of England players that are still suffering a hangover, and it's not uncommon, by the way. You know, it does happen. Um, players take time to, to to get back up to speed, to get back up to fitness after uh, exhausting tournaments and, and the euphoria that we had. Um, but Saka's done well. You know, he's kept mm. plugging away. He's, and that, by the way, comes from a manager who believes in him, who's kept picking him, who's kept involved with him, and he's got minutes under his belt. And and, and we have got a consistent team now, back five, back uh, settled uh, midfield, and, and they've got the faith of the manager and they're getting to know one another and they're starting to gel as a team. You know, I, I, I wouldn't mind betting. We, we're probably, I don't know this for a fact and I'll probably get shot down. We probably use the lesser end of the amount of players you can in our starting 11 changes in the league, I, I, I would imagine. Um, we don't seem to change too often if, unless it's necessary for injury mm. or whatnot. Yeah, no, fair points, Mark. I'm 100% with you. And something that was noticeable, to be, for, noticeable for me yesterday was I spoke to Graham about this and he picked it up in his AFTV thing actually as well with James. They were talking about our right-hand side, the, the connection between Tommy Asu and Saka, but also Lacazette forming that triangle in that right-hand side. And I thought that was where they actually went, uh, Arsenal. And I was really worried about Ismaili Saar towards Tavares. I thought the minute Tavares picked up and started to be attacking, Saar would get in behind him. That just didn't happen and it wasn't the case because we were just playing so well and we, we retained possession so well. But Lee, I'll come to you on Saka and Smith-Rowe because we've seen now Smith-Rowe's got the nod to go into the England side, which for me is a good thing because it means he's not going to play 90 minutes every time for the under-21s. He's probably only going to play a handful of minutes now if he's lucky in the first team. And he should be in there on merit, in my opinion. Saka's the other way around, like Mark said. He's not had the best of times. He has got in there. He's played a hell of a lot of football and maybe he has got a little <coughs> bit or has had a little bit of a hangover from the England tournament. But... I thought he was exceptional yesterday and really was working hard. A couple of final balls let him down. I think he's got to work on his end product and his final ball, but he is still you know, only 19 or 20 years old. But Saka and Smith-Rowe, we're really lucky to have these lads, Lee, at the moment. Yeah, listen, I think with um, Saka, I thought he was dangerous yesterday. I don't think he's at his best at this moment in time, but you know, his best is, you know, was exceptional last season. And I think that... Agreed. Um, what I believe in with, with, with Saka is that a lot last season we relied on him too much now now it's being shared out a little bit so I don't see that as a negative you know um, he don't have to be um, on the ball all the time you know he isn't the go-to guy all the time which is realistically um, Dan this is what we wanted this is what we said we needed from a 20 year old we don't really want him to be the one we rely on all the time you know and, and mm. Smith Rowe's taken that burden away from him the one thing that, that Smith Rowe brings to his game which is better than uh, Saka's, is he's finished, he scores goals. You know, I mean, we've needed that. We needed someone to provide goals from from midfield. Because if we haven't, we're, we're struggling because Lacka's not getting goals. 
Um, you know, Bamiang's missing too many chances. So someone's got to step up from the plate. And it happens to be him at this moment in time. He is that sort of player that's going to get into more goal-scoring positions. And that's something that Saka actually has got to improve on, his finishing and, and final ball. But ultimately, I'm with, um, I'm with Mark on this. You know, he gave Danny Rose a torrid time yesterday. It was one time when he, he cut inside and went outside of him. <laughs> Danny Rose didn't know what to do. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, just absolutely, you know. Well, he, he, did. Have... he just took it out of Lacazette's face, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> he was just getting, you know, in the first half, it was, um, I think in the first half, he was sort of toying with him. Like, wasn't it? Wasn't it? I, I felt like, you know, but in the second half, he sort of, all right, I'm going to go at him, particularly like, give him a little bit of a, a hard lesson and all that. Like, and to be fair, Danny Rose stuck with the task, but ultimately I, I always felt that, that Saka, we was always ready to, to attack down that side and look very, very good. And I have to say with um, Smith Rowe on the other side, he's doing really, really well from that. Deserves his England call up. And I, I'm again, I'm going to agree with Mark here. Like, I think that if I was a bit annoyed that he wasn't called up because he would have played like, two games for the under-21s, which I didn't want him to do. Now he's going to go into the squad. He'll probably get 10, 15 minutes in both games. And I, I think that's a reward for him playing as really well. There's no one playing better than him at the moment. When I look at the England squad, you know, I, I have to say, Jack Grealish, is, as we all know how much I like him and that, but he's not been performing um, great for, for Manchester City. I don't even think, I think he was left out of the weekend for the Manchester Derby. Sterling's hardly played, you know. Um, uh, Mason Mount, I don't, I don't think has hit the it hit the the ground running this season, even though now he's picked up an injury. So when you really look at it, Harry Kane, well, if the only reason that he's here is he's captain, because if you're going on current form, you know, um, I, I don't know, you know, uh, Malcolm McDonald will get in at the team if it, it's just a ridiculous, ridiculous call. And I think the reason that he's going to get in. Is because, you know, um, there's a couple of players injured in Calvin Lewin. And otherwise, I don't think that he deserves to be there. So there's really like, uh, you know, Rashford should never, you know, Rashford should never have ever been called into the team. He, he ain't been, he ain't been fitting all that. They calls him in and then he says, oh, I'm pulling out and I'm, I'm, I'm going. And let's just have another little think about this. Um, we've, we're allowing Mason Greenwood to, to stay, stay, you know, and 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 rest up and what's all that about? You know, I, mean, I don't I, get that at all. Uh, you know, like what do, is all that about? We had a chat with his family, oh, so you can rest and all that. Like, well, you know, can you have a chat with Saka's family and give him a rest then for 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 a month away from it and all that? Like, that's one rule for one, one rule for the other. So Smith Rowe deserves to be in there on merit. And I'll tell you what he's going to do. He's going to go in there and he's going to, going to impress because he's a good player. And I'll tell you what, shake a few of those players that think that they're, they're, their position's solid. As we go to the back, Ben White was in the international squad at the beginning of the season now. Uh, sorry, in the Euros, yeah? Just like all these other players, I'll, I'll give him a chance. He was in the squad, got into Europe, give him a chance. Since he's played at Arsenal, right, he's been left out of the squad every single time. Tyrone Mings has been absolutely awful for Aston Villa. That is why they're plummeting down the league and just lost their manager. Not saying he's not a good player, because he certainly is. Harry Maguire, Harry Maguire, would you have Harry Maguire in your Arsenal team at this moment? No, I wouldn't get in the women's team after what I see last night. (laughs) Turning up with their two central defenders, he wouldn't get in that. 
But there he is in the England squad. And then you get Ben White, who didn't start off great in the first game. So I can allow that. But the last few games has been playing really, really, really well. And all of a sudden, um, I thought we would, would would have been in the squad, particularly when I look at the players that are in there, like, you know. Stones, yeah, I think that um, doesn't play that much for Manchester City. Um, played at the weekend because they had a suspension. Um, but he did come in for those England games and play well. But, yeah, you know, that, that's a, that's a, up to the debate of what, what happens there. But for me... Ben White should be in there. Certainly, um, we know Ramsdale will be, but whether he get a game or not, you know, I don't know. I think he's got a difficult one there because, you know, um, obviously, like, Pickford goes round once a week round Gareth Southgate's house and, and Moses Long and everything like that. So, <laughs> Peter play. so um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure Ramsdale's not going to do that, like, you know. Connor Cody, <laughs> another one, Ben's just brought up there. You know, come on. Come on. No, I'm no. with you. I, I, I'm totally with you, mate. And, you know, for me, Ramsdale needs to be the number one because he's the best goalkeeper in England at the moment. Ben White certainly is the best centre-half in England at the moment and they should be playing. But do you know what, Lee? If they ain't, it means they're fit for Arsenal. They ain't going to get in. Yeah, no, I don't really. care. Like, I, I so, said that. Have know, a nice rest, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mark, let's quickly touch on Smith Rowe before we do move on because I feel like... We need a midfielder that's going to score goals. We haven't had one since probably Aaron Ramsey of the last uh, few years. Smith Rowe's already got, I think, five goals now and a few assists. So it's looking like he could be our next kind of Aaron Ramsey figure that's going to score some goals. Um, so for me, he's a player we need to kind of protect and allow to develop. I do love him. I do think he should be in England's side and I do want him to do to be everything that I think he can be. Um but is he going to be one of our most important players moving forward now, do you think, Smith Rowe? Um, yeah, I mean, he's certainly growing, isn't he? I think we've got to be careful, haven't we? You know, I, personally, I would like um, the board to recognise that we have an ageing front line and um, act in January, if not the summer, and go out and buy uh, a talisman, a, a, a 20, 25, 30 goal a season striker, because I, I, do, I am starting to have some creaking doubts about Uber's longevity, desire in the game. There's no doubting his natural ability and his enthusiasm for life and the game. But as we all know, certainly someone of myself, maybe not yourself, Dan, but Lee will certainly tell you that your mind still thinks you're young, but your body doesn't allow you to be where you once wanted to be, you know? And I... <laughs> <laughs> you be careful with them sweets, Lee. I don't want to see no teeth falling out live on there. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? You know, and, and with lacquer... I can understand Lacker not signing a new deal because he must be looking across the way at his mate on 350 grand a week and thinking, what do you do? I don't. Um, so why are you going to be on that? Then I ain't. But to answer your question, the future with Saka and, and Smith-Rowe and Martin Odegaard, I'd like to put that in there because it didn't go unnoticed to me um, when Odegaard came on at the weekend. The first person he ran to, maybe by chance, coincidence, what have you, the first person he encountered on the uh, on the pitch was Emil Smith Rowe, and they high five one on each other as as he was 
upping him into the game, welcoming him onto the pitch. You know, so you, whether you have this idea that one can't play with the other or one's pushing the other to an area of the pitch that they are less effective or whatever, they seem to be, from what I saw, what I see, they seem to be happy playing together. And um, he might not be from Highland, but he is a young lad with huge amounts of talent. And with Saka, Smith-Rowe and Odegaard, the future is bright. Um, and you can include in that also Tavares, Sambi, Tomiyasu. You know, there, there is other players that are... What the what in the, what in the world was that? <laughs> Skegness Dave mucking around yet again. Go on, Mark. So, yeah, there is... Um, I thought he was going at Santa Week. <laughs> And you got a dessert to go on, eh? So yeah, I mean, it, it's um, it is, it is, it is. It, the future is exciting, isn't it? With him, with Smith Rowe, someone, someone said that they, he reminded of of, um, to, of, of uh, Paul Merson, like a younger version of Paul Merson. I kind of get that the way he runs. Uh, and one of the pundits said the other day, there's no one better at running with a ball um, than Smith Rowe when the ball's at his feet. You know, he's a fantastically exciting player and we get on the edge of our seat, don't we? we you know, when we see him with the ball, and the same with Saka. And, you know, he makes me happy again to be uh, an Arsenal fan watching these two young lads come through. And that's what we want. But I, I just wish... And, that, and and obviously, we're trying to upgrade the team and keep uh, revolutionising the team. And, I, and, I, and I'm looking up top now and I think if Laka doesn't commit, you know, that's our next evolution of position is, is this front line, isn't it? Mm, I think so, and the rumours are we're going in for Vlahovic in January. Please, please, Lord, get this guy. He is unbelievably good. Let him have Torreira. He's already at Fiorentina. He's already at Fiorentina, Torreira. You can have Torreira and whatever money you want. Vlahovic is the next king, mate. I tell you that, mate. He is absolutely well, as, long as, as long as your source don't tell us it's over the line, Dan, it'll be a dumb <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not talking to him anymore. <laughs> if, he, if, we get it, if we get that Vlahovic, I'll tell you this now. If we get this Vlahovic, he is going to be absolutely amazing. 21 goals in 38 games last season for Fiorentina. 12 games played this season. Nine goals, I think it is now. He is exceptional. 22 years old. Giroud who can run and, and pace and can score goals, mate. That is what he is. Absolutely. Yeah, we need someone to start forward. putting the pressure on Uber. You know what I mean? So he, he's, he's, he's strutting around like he's the man that can't be touched. And, uh, and, mm. and in any squad, you know, as we've seen with the left-back situation, Tierney's sitting on the bench yesterday. That mm. is healthy. That is a oh, healthy listen, squad. It's competition for places, but we know exactly. you want Tierney and Tavares in every single position, don't you? I think when we get yes. to the summer, we're going to need to replace Leno. He ain't going to want to sit on the bench. We're going to need a backup right back that's better than Cedric. We're going to need Saliba to come in to replace Callum Chambers. We're definitely going to need to get somebody in next to Thomas Party so that Laconga and Maitland-Niles are back up to replace El Nenny, and we don't want Chaka back in the side. And we're going to need a centre-forward, in my opinion. The other player I think we need to look at long-term is Pepe because he's got two years left. Do we sell him? Do we leg him along? term contract what do we do there so we might need another winger if he was to go but actually when you look at things we're looking pretty healthy in some positions now we definitely improved the squad some said it might not have improved the first 11 actually it looks like it has improved the first 11 and it certainly has improved the squad moving forward let's move on quickly because i just want to bring this super chat just ask a question just ask a question do you feel 
Aubameyang was wrong to go for that chance on Ulegaard yesterday, or do you think? Hundred percent, absolutely shocking. I'd, I'd, I would have literally. He must have got torn a new one in the dressing room after. Greedy. Mofo. I think it's a little bit of instinct, though. Sometimes I think it's a little bit of like, oh, he knew, he knew straight away, didn't he? It was a wrong decision, and he knows it was. It weren't like, oh well, that's what I do. I think he went for it and thought, dull. What did I do that for? Because it was going in. Hundred percent, it was going in. So, um, just ask yeah, people you, in the chat as well, you think, like, you know, just over a yes or no, people in the chat was Oligard, uh, sorry, Oligard, was a Bamiang right or wrong? I, I, I'm 50 50. I don't really know if I'll be honest. What to, what to think of it? You know, go greedy, greedy strikers. That's what there's part of it, the instinct of a striker. But, um, Oligard, you know where you, know, you are, though. It was going in, you got to know where your positioning is. You know what I mean. You got to, you got to be aware of what's going on in the game. You know what I mean. It's... I felt a bit sorry for Erdegaard because he's a player that I really want to want to see do well, and I just oh, don't think he's getting goals or assists. Ah, oh, it would have been, and, and and Saka actually. The two players I want to score goals are Saka and Erdegaard. They both did. Both got ruled out. Unbelievable. Uh, let's bring this in because it will like move us on nicely. Uh, Titania, thank you so much yet again, mate. Regular listener, regular. Super chat. I was watching Dan's fan cam and he was spot on. Thank you very much, mate. We should have won most of our matchups. A real test will be grinding results in the next away games. Now, boys, let's move on to this. Lee, I'm going to come to you first, but I'm going to read out something which may shock you because I only found this out tonight from a good friend of the show, Graham Brooks. We have gone on a great run. We've won uh, some fantastic football games. I'm just going to read out two names of managers that we have beaten, Sean Dyche, Brendan Rodgers, two managers that are still in the job. I'm going to read out the names of the other four managers that we have beaten. We've only won the six games. All of them have been sacked. Daniel Farker, sacked. We beat Norwich 1-0. Nuno from Spurs, sacked. We beat him. Dean Smith from Villa, sacked. We beat him. And Ranieri now at Watford, old what's-his-name, was sacked. Cisco, was it? Well, I can't remember his name now. Is it Cisco? So, the real tests are to come, lead judges. We've beaten the teams where all the managers have been sacked. Some would say you've got to beat the team in front of you, and I would agree with that term. <laughs> I love but, these agendas. I love it. Like, you know what I mean? so, but is it right? It's not an agenda. This is, this no, is no, no. How can someone even think about that? It's unbelievable. I don't know. I, don't know. I, was, given the, I was given the stat tonight from Graham, and I was like, wow, I didn't even think about that. But he's right. No. Everyone that we've beaten has been sacked. So they were all bad, sort of going on bad runs, basically. So that's the next thing that's, that we've heard. But the real test is yet to come. Uh, we've got Liverpool at Anfield. We've got Manchester United at Old Trafford. Um, we've obviously got Goodison Park as a tough place to go. And Newcastle at home um, as well. So is it fair to say that these are going to be completely different games for one and is it also fair to say that we will see what this Arsenal manager and Arsenal team can do against the so-called big boys and let's be honestly although they're the so-called big boys Everton aren't playing great Man United aren't playing great and Liverpool have proven that they're beatable so can we go to those three places with this Arsenal side and be confident of picking up some points no not really um, and, that, and I'll be honest with you because um you're playing Liverpool away, which is a very, very difficult place. Man United don't care what anybody says. You're still away from home. And Everton's away from home. You know, you've got no divine right to go there and, and get results. And that's as simple as it. Away form is going to be, 
it's tough to get results. But what you can do is go in there, put in a very, very good defensive performance, defend well, ride your luck a little bit, like um, other teams have done. Goalkeepers got to have a brilliant game. And you never know, you might be able to get something. And that's how what you're going to do. What I want to see from these games is, is exactly that. Let's be in the game. Um, and anything can happen if you're in the game. Let's just take Watford, for instance, yesterday. They was always in that game the whole way through, right? They rode their luck. Their goalkeepers had a fantastic game. They could have got a goal at the end, you know, but when Ramsdale they nicked a 1-1. And then you look at it and go, how disappointing we are. But hold on a minute, Watford, we, we've done well and get a point. That is what Arsenal have got to do in these games. Now, for me, let's, let's take it in context, Liverpool, first of all. Liverpool... Um, just lost to uh, West Ham and they've just lost to Brighton. So the international break comes at a very, very good time for them. Five points dropped in their last two games. That don't happen to Liverpool very often, right? So it would have been a nice time to take them on this week, if I'll be honest, with a little bit of nerves and everything like that. Gone to Anfield, Dan, too many times, being out of the game at half-time. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want that. I want us to be in the game. Now, I don't, I'm not expecting us to win. But what I'm expecting us is to give it a good go. And do you know what? I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic that we can go there and get something. And, and that's what I want to see. I want to see us being in the game. Man United at this moment in time are, are, are not a good side. They're, 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 they're a team of fantastic individuals and they're not a team. They're not, they're, you know, they're, they're not a team. What I liked about Manchester City, and I watched that game, um, from a, from a technical point of view, is that they stifle. They, the, the Pep's thing was, if you, if Ronaldo hasn't got the ball, then he's not dangerous, and that's exactly what they've done. And we've got to go and do that. So we'll see about that one. Everton, <laughs> let's face it, Everton are probably going to have Calvert Lewin back in the team when we go back. Yeah. All their players back, so it's going to be a tough game. I've all the years that I've gone to to, to Everton. I think three times in, in all the two, I think that we've we've had it easy. I'm not saying it easy, it's been comfortable. I remember winning up there 6-2 one time, one, uh, five, five, two in another game, 2-0, I think, when Awobi scored his first goal when he was comfortable. Other than that, it's a tough, tough place to go. And we will find it very difficult. If Arsenal were to come away from those games, say beating Everton, drawing with Man United, drawing with Liverpool. You'd have to turn around and say, coming in those games unbeaten, you'd have to say, wow, something is happening. But I'm, I'm not going to buy into this thing of like, oh, we've had 10 games, let's see what Mikel Arteta is going to do now. Because everybody said, oh, let's see what he can do after these 10 games. He's done what he's had to do. He's won games of football. These ones are different. These are ones are tougher. But ultimately, I, I, I've got no, we've got no divine right to go to Liverpool and say we're gonna we're, we're gonna win that game, and I tell you what, we've got no divine right to say that just because Brighton went there and got that. People turn around and go, well, yeah, but Brighton went there and got that. Brighton, Arsenal, what's the difference there? The name. So straight away, those Liverpool players are not going to take it as as a you know, oh, we've got Brighton today. When you got Arsenal, they know if they turn up, oh, we've only got we've got Arsenal today. They could get turned over, so they they'll be up for the game. They'd be a little bit more up for it. If they're 2-0 up against us, they won't take the foot off the gas like they did against Brighton. And then Brighton got back into the game and could have won it. So 
I don't. I, I think it'd be a real, real tough game for us. But listen, I ain't. I, I ain't fearing Liverpool as much because Arsenal been playing well. But I watched that game yesterday, West Ham and all that. Like players running through thirty yards, going around two or three players into their. You know what I mean? Van Dijk cannot do it all on his own. So if we go there, defend really, really well. We've got people. We've got players in this team that can hurt Liverpool. So. I'm I'm feeling optimistic that we can do well. Let's wait and see. But I'm not going to say, oh, right. If if Mikel don't win those three games, and that's it, I'm I'm back on I'm back no. like winning him out. What I want to see is if we do lose one of those games, what's the reaction after it in the home game, and what what it's like there. Listen, if he was to lose all those three games and two of the home games, of course everybody's going to be like um, one in his head. Dan, quite rightly so. We can't afford to go five games without a win or lose five games because other managers getting a sack for that. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see what he does. But for me, I, I think this is a good game. To, for me, I'm going to say it now. I said to you before the game, this game will tell me all I need to know about Mikel Arteta and this team. What happens? Two years ago, a year ago, we might have lost that game or drawn it, you know. But this time, we we found a way to get through it. And do you know what? My mate Dan said a good point today. He said, if that goal would have been disallowed, he still felt that Arsenal would still go ahead and get another, would have got a goal. We felt confident. And I I, I, I don't know about that, but I tend to agree at half-time, I, I weren't panicking. I thought well, we would we would get somehow get the job done. And I, I, so, for me, um, that was the game yesterday, Watford. And I thought, yeah, I looked at it. He got got the result. He got through that, and that was a big result because I've seen so many times. Oh, we've got this is the chance for us to get the points and all that, and blow it. He did not blow that on that performance. The players didn't. Without his first choice midfield pairing, if you be honest, both of them out. So for me, I'm happy with the way things are going at the moment. One because Arsenal winning games. Let's see what happens. Let's give it a go against Liverpool. See what happens. Mark, I'll bring you in on the same point, mate. Obviously, it's a, a big test for the young players and the young manager, but I think they should be up to it in terms of the quality that we've got on the pitch. Certainly against Liverpool, I think we can dominate the midfield because Fabinho is class, but the rest of them are ageing in Henderson, Milner. Keita's never really hit the ground running. Oxley chamberlain has been brought back in the side to try and give them something different of late and ahead of the likes of Thiago and the others. So for, certainly if parties fit, I think that we've got a great chance of doing well in the midfield there. And I think although Van Dijk's class, like Lee says, he can't do it on his own. There is Matip who's a good defender, Joe Gomez, Kenyate, but that's an area I think of weakness. So they have got weaknesses in the side. We've seen West Ham beat them, Brighton and Brentford take a point off of them. So going into Liverpool, that's going to be tough, but they are definitely uh, beatable. Obviously Manchester United, Mark, they're just absolute mess at the moment. Luke Shaw, Wan-Bissaka and Maguire. I've never seen three clowns at the back so much in my life of the last couple of games. De Gea looks like a good shot stopper, but the modern game has caught up with him and I don't think he's got an all-round uh, world beater anymore. They've certainly got a midfield that's really weak in Fred and McTominay. And they've got players like Lee says in Cavani, Ronaldo and Bruno that are quite happy to stay up there, but not really interested in coming back. Everton, not really the best of games of the late, but they will have players back and they have got a great manager in Rafa Benitez. So it's going to be three hard places to go against three tough teams. How do you see it going, Mark? And how big a test is it for these lads? Um, yeah, well, the Premier League's tough. We, 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 all, we all know that. Um, they should be relishing the opportunity. 
young footballers. You know, it's just 11 men with two arms, two legs, playing a game of football against each other. So they go to Anfield. Uh, and, and as everyone's quite rightly saying, we're, we're looking for performance and we're, and we're looking for um, a bit of a bit of pride. Uh, and and um, you know, if, you, if you're going to win the league, if you're going to be successful in this league, um, you, you don't get beat away from home. Um, so you go to the big clubs, you go to the big sides, and you and you you get out of there by hook or by crook, with ever with ever which way you can, with something, whether it's a smashing grab, or whether it's um, a fluke or a, a dodgy penalty, you don't you don't base too much on what happens away from home, or you know you just fight, get what you can, and and if we can get. Difficult thing because obviously the new Newcastle game sandwiched in between there. So we're talking about Liverpool, Newcastle, Everton, and Man United, whichever way around that is. And you're 12 points there. So you say at the beginning of it, you know, in an ideal world, what do you want from 12 points? Well, you, you want 12, don't you? Are we, are we going to get 12 points from those four games? Probably not. Realistically, would you accept four? No, because you're hoping to beat Newcastle. So, what you what you're hoping to do is get three against Everton, then are you? So then all of a sudden you've got six. So if you can then nick a draw against Man United or Liverpool, you've got seven points out of twelve. And I think realistically, with good fighting performances and not getting battered in the one that we lose. I think we would all accept seven out of those 12 points, wouldn't we, realistically? Oh. I mean, I've got to be honest with you. And I it's achievable. Our people... Yeah, exactly that. And that's what I was going to say. I only go on our people are playing now. And the way I see it is Arsenal are playing. The way that Arsenal are playing, I can accept a loss to Liverpool because of the way teams are playing around us. But I can't accept losing to Newcastle, Everton or Man United at the moment. No. Now, it could happen. It could happen. And well, you could draw those three games, Dan. You could lose. You could you could draw those three games, and you could lose to fix. So you could end up out of twelve points. You could end up with three. Are we going to start throwing our toys out of the pram if that happens? Mm. Mm. Don't know. I, We're not going to be happy, are we? Yeah, I, I mean, I must, I must, I must say that personally, we are in a position, and I know Lee agrees with this, and he touched on it, where Manchester United are very, very beatable. Everton are very, very beatable. Even though they've got some players back, they're not going to be 100% fit. They're very beatable. Newcastle at home, that's a must-win game, in my opinion. Just so got a new manager, Liverpool. typically. Uh, Newcastle just got, just got a new yeah. manager. Typically, uh, once again, as the Arsenal roll into town, we're talking about a club who've just been... So, so we've so we said on there, <laughs> we've just sacked a manager, but, and then you get that bounce bounce effect of having mm. a new man. How often does that happen to us? We've gone to a team that have been getting yeah. battered from pillar to post. We rock into town, they've got a new manager and they're all trying to please him. It yeah, does happen in football. It does happen, it? mate. And they get that lift with a new manager and I think Eddie Howe will give him a lift because not only have they got a new manager, they've got a manager that can spend a lot of money in January and I think mm. will keep them up because of that. So, that, that for me is massive. Guys, we've got like 10 minutes. I just want to touch on the Josh Kroenke interview. I don't know if you've both seen it. Um, yeah. I haven't seen it in full, but I've only seen basically the, the main bits of what's been said. Uh, Lee, I'll come to you first. 
I listened to Jamie Carragher yesterday after it, and I thought he was spot on with what he was saying. Um, he heard a businessman talking about visions, talking about strategies. What he didn't hear was somebody who wants to win the league. Um, it was somebody, that, and, I, and I think what he quoted was, we'd like to get us back to where we were, which is in the Champions League places. Um, and Jamie Carragher quite rightly said, so they don't want to compete for the Champions League or the league title then. They just want to look uh, get into the top four. Now, I haven't listened to the whole thing, but I know somebody who has, and he said... Josh Kroenke did actually say that we do want to get back to winning titles later on mm. down the line. But the only bit that they showed on the Sky Sports bit yesterday was talking about getting in and competing into the top four. The other thing that I took from it that Jamie Redknapp said, which I thought was spot on, and I don't always agree with him, was the best thing that could have happened was the European Super League failing for the protest from the European Super League and Daniel Weck making a bid. Because whether or not you think that's woke the Cronkies up, what it has done is made them react. He's starting to go to games, Josh. He's now coming out in two or three interviews that he's done. Whether you think that's PR or not, he's never done it before. He's now come out and said, we've only owned the club for two years or three years. It's been now since 2018, although they've been a part of it since between 2008 and 2010. I actually do feel like something has happened, whether you like it or not, to make them react. They've spent £150 million in the January. They've supported Mikel Arteta with every single player that he wants financially. He's got much more support than Unai Emery ever got in his tenure at Arsenal. He's got the players that he wants, and there's rumours that we're going to go in for Vlahovic, which is around £50 to £80 million in January for the striker that, let's face it, will replace Lacazette for the summer. So something is definitely happening in terms of a change. Josh Kroenke, I believe, has been given this project of Arsenal by Stan Kroenke. He's looked at Vinay being young, Edu being young, Arteta being young. He's made it clear that he's got a young squad and a young manager, the coaching staff also. So when I look at the project process, whatever the hell people want to call it, I just want to see progress. Now, if I see progress on the pitch, I'm a happy man. I've always been quite pro what they're doing off the pitch, and I've said that many times with Arteta and Edu with the players I think they've brought in. But do you think the ownership may react now when we may see some backing, not just financially, but ambition-wise, Lee? Well, time will tell. I think that, you know, when you look back at this... Um, transfer window you can't criticize the Cronkies at all you know they, they spent their money put their money where their mouth is he actually did say uh, i haven't seen all the interview but what i see of it he did say that he wants to be winning titles and that's that is the aim to, to, to start winning titles and, and challenging for titles i don't think he can say any more than that you know we we, we want to be challenging for titles and trying to win the the, the big biggest trophies how he's going to do that is, is two ways. The, the route that we're going down with the financial backing that they're getting, and that's what do they? We've got some very, very good youngsters, and so it, it will depend if we can get the players. Now, for me, um, there was a statement in the summer. You know, Ramsdale, great goalkeeper, as we, what is what we're seeing, but was, you know, over overpaid as, as what, on the transfer fee. Paid it. Ben White. Fantastic defender, probably overpaid on the transfer fee. Paid it. So I, I do see a, a change. Um, he's come out and said things, and I, I agree with that. They've got the fans on on board, on, on the ball now. Whether you agree with those fans, look, listen, if they put another 10 fans on that on that ball and took those 10 that are off of it now, everybody would turn around and say, that's not the right ones. You know what I mean? Whatever fans they put on that ball, they ain't going to get the whole... Um, uh, no, no, a whole fan base is going to agree with it, like you know. So I, I you know, they even I even see that the, 
people were saying, oh, there weren't no women on it, like, you know, and, and things like that. So there's always going to be criticisms of that. But oh, the, the the big thing for me is that they are listening to what the fans have got to say, whether they do or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. Now, they've also got a, um, I, I think, as you quite rightly said, because of the, the uh, Super League and because of the Daniel Exer, you know, what do you want? For, why are you at this football club? That is the question that's being asked because of that. Because if you want to make money on it, you sell it to to um, Daniel Eck. And if you um, if you want to be uh, after the after the Super League, you're not going to be in the Super League. No, there's not going to be a, the, the money training the Super League. So are, are you here to, to win trophies and ambition? And I think that by st- sticking around, they are, Dan. So... Listen, I can see why everybody's a little bit, um, what's the word, nervous about it and all that like. But I think you've got to just, at this moment in time, I'd say it's a big plus what happened in the summer. I think that, it, you know, they, they put their money where their mouths are. We, we spent them more than anybody else. If we was to do that again a, a little bit in January and then a big transfer in, in the summer, I don't think you can be looking at um, the Cronkies if things are not going wrong. Going, uh, not going right, sorry. Yeah, Mark, I'll bring you in on that point because I don't know if you saw the interview and what your thoughts are, the Cronkies in general. I think, yeah, you know, I watched like it today. Me, really. 20, 24 minutes of it, I watched it was uh, released on Sky today, extended. And um, I did I did watch it. Is it. You know, they're a very commercial family. They're a very astute family. They're very aware that they own an asset. But what I have become aware... Uh, off the back of the outrage of the Super League, um, is is that they have bought an institution, and he often refers to them as what we do is the Arsenal, the classy Arsenal, the you know the, the, this institution, this great footballing heritage that is our club, uh, and they have listened, whether you like it or not, they have listened, and you're quite right, Dan, in what you say that this Super League, if for no other reason than the fact that it's awoken the American and Saudi openers to the fact owners to the fact that they may own this football club, but it's not like a shop. It it is a part of our culture, a part of our communities, uh, and it is a part of our families uh, and our lives. So I, I think it is the right thing. I would say that I agreed with a lot of what he said in as when he said they had a choice to make. Was it? to watch a European Super League be created. What, what was worse, to watch a Super European Super League be created or to, watch a, to be a part of creating a European Super League? And I said to you guys at the time, I would rather be in it than watching it. Whether it was right or wrong, if it was going to happen, you would rather be in it. Now, we all know it was the wrong thing to do, but I understand why they had to make a snap decision overnight are you in or you out and all of those clubs made the wrong decision so he's accepted that and he's taken the fans forum on board and they've meeting with the fans like they did last thursday and they're and they're listening and um they have backed our manager in this window and what i like i mean you can pick the bones out of what somebody says when he's been put on this on the spot and a one-to-one boardroom interview with a very, very external experienced journalist like Jeff Shreves. You know, he, he's pushing questions. I mean, he pushed him and pushed him. You know, 
you say you say you support Arsenal. You know, did you even ever play football? Yes, I played football. What position did you play? Played right wing. Who was your inspiration as a right winger? He can't name one. You know, he's not that much of a football diehard. He's an American kid from a wealthy background who's grown up with American sports. He's a very tall lad, and he admitted that basketball was his game. But Jeff pushed him and pushed him to an uncomfortable position to name basically one winger, and he couldn't. He couldn't do it because. He's not a football fan like we are. He's an American who's grown up in a billionaire family. And, and his family are very aware, like you and I are, if or anybody is, that owns an asset. Let's say a house. Let's say a flat next to the Emirates Stadium. Okay, you might have bought it five years ago for, let's say, 500 grand. And now today it might be worth 750 grand. And you might be thinking, that's profit. That's, that's where we're at. But you know if you give it a lick of paint, if you put a new kitchen and a new bathroom in it and you hang on to it for the next 10 years, it's going to be one, worth £1.2 million. The Cronkies do not need to sell. They know that if they are ever in a position to sell and it's 10 years down the line, they will get double what they've got today because Amazon are about to go big into the world of sports media. You know, the money, the figures are only ever going to go up in this you know and arsenal is a global brand so they know if they buy us a new kitchen and bathroom i.e a center forward and a and a, and a, and a new central attacking midfielder then our value if we get into the champions league will be more so they're not silly and and you can only judge them on what they do and what they've done in the last year has been positive and the last thing i will say is that we cannot compete. The very few teams that can compete with the Emiratis and the Saudis, they are billionaires nonetheless, and they are signing players with a demographic of being young, growing, hungry, building a togetherness, and I like it. And if we win something, it will mean far more to me doing it this way than what it will do if Newcastle win the league if they do it their way, which is probably the Man City way. I'll be more proud of Arsenal if it takes 10 years or five years for this team to win something, a league, I'll be proud of them. Well, I think you're right there, Mark. And I think what you've said there is basically what Liverpool did with Klopp. It took them five years. They did it the right way. They did spend money, just like Arsenal have. But they had the ambition to go to the top. And that's where my question mark has been with the Cronkies. Not the fact they ain't spent money. They've spent a lot of money. Trust me, they have. But look at what we've spent it on. And they've sometimes allowed people to spend this money on absolute trash. And they've not got rid of them because I don't think they care. And the lack of ambition to get back to the top has been a real question mark for me. Now, if he's coming out and saying he wants to win titles and he proves that this is the new regime that he wants to do it with, then that's fine. I just think that I've kind of accepted now that we are going down a route with this ownership, whether you want them in or out, they're going down the young route and it's going to take time. And that's going to come with inconsistencies now in performances. So I think they've stuck with Arteta. They're going to stick with him throughout this season now. 
Um, if we start losing games, we've already seen already, <laughs> he's not going to get sacked because he would have got sacked last season when we got dumped out of the Villarreal. So I'm starting to come round to that now that we are, that's the way that we're going down. Whether you like it or not, I'm not a big fan of it. I'd rather us go and get something now. I think we've been waiting long enough. Liverpool waited 30 years. I think like we're actually going to be in that situation now as well of coming towards 30 years before we see Arsenal win the league again. Unfortunately, it might even be longer. But under this ownership, I just want to see the ambition to get us back to the top and demand only one thing, and that is the best for Arsenal Football Club. Guys, um, it's been really good. It's gone so quickly, that over mm. an hour now already. It really has, but it's been absolutely superb. Really, really enjoyed that. Um, tomorrow night at 10 o'clock, we've got Mike uh, doing the Arsenal Soup, so please make sure you join him for that. Get yourself over to Highbury Squad right now because uh, Sophie is over there chatting away, so that will be all good. If you can like this video and subscribe, that would be amazing. And if you could head over to Sally's artwork and uh, order yourself a personalised Arsenal shirt to hang on your wall, then that would be fantastic. The also. perfect gift for Christmas. It really is the perfect gift for Christmas. Yeah. You're right, Mark Partridge. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to thank both of you, everybody in the chat for watching. Uh, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Lee. I'll see you both very soon. I think on Thursday night, myself and Lee are going to see if Kevin's about to do another chatting with Campbell about how things have gone this last month going into an international break. But until then, guys, we will see you all next time.